Welcome to the Simple Church Podcast, where we're committed to helping you know God, find freedom, discover your purpose, and make a difference. Let's get to today's message. What's up, everybody? My name is Aaron DeLong. I'm the lead pastor here at Simple Church. I want to say thank you so much for tuning in today. We are in a series called Dangerous Prayers, and this series is tucked into a specific season we call 21 days of prayer. Now we do this season of prayer twice a year. At the beginning of the year, we do it in January and we couple it along with fasting in order to set the pace for our year, to set the priority in our lives that God, your, our relationship with you is important. And then we do it coming out of the summertime because the summertime presents all kinds of challenges for our regular routine and our regular relationships. And that includes our relationship with God. And so in August, we take 21 days to refocus, recenter, and keep him a priority. And we do 21 days of prayer. Uh, we've been doing that here as a church every morning, Monday through Friday at 8 a.m. There is a live prayer session right here in our online campus, and that'll continue for the next two weeks. And we would invite you to join us, to listen in as you drive, to participate, share your prayer requests, and grow with us as we lead you through a time of prayer uh, then. But we're also doing this series, and the reason we're doing this series is because a lot of you have, uh, the, the answer to this question is yes, is that how many of you guys out there would like to have a stronger prayer life? Like, go ahead and share in the comments right now. Just give me one of those emojis with your hand raised, or just say me. That's it. I would like to have a stronger prayer life. Truth is that even more than the people that are going to comment here, there's, there's some that aren't sharing, but all of us want to have a stronger prayer life. And the fact is, is, is that many of us, far too many of us, our prayer lives are pretty weak. In fact, we, we would, I would say we would have like a prayer life that is way too safe. We have a prayer life that we started as a kid and we've continued to uh, use way into our adulthood. That means we're praying, uh, when, whenever we were a kid, we were praying, God, help me. I've got this test to take. And I, need, I didn't study, and I need you to help me pass it. Come on, somebody, you know what I'm talking about. Or you get into trouble, and you're like, Lord, if you get me out of this situation, I promise I'll serve you for the rest of my days. I'll give $1,000 to this or whatever, you know. You prayed those prayers too. We also have those prayers that we, we prayed around the dinner table or prayed over a meal, right? We say, we say, God is good. God is great. Let us thank him for this food, right? Or God is, God is great, God is good, let us thank him for this food. Or the, the rub-a-dub-dub, thanks for the grub. Or the Father, Son, and Holy Ghost, whoever eats fastest gets the most. Come on, somebody. You prayed those prayers over your meals. Our prayers tend to be bland. They tend to be self-centered. They tend to be a little lame. They tend to be comfort-based. Like We don't want to step into any kind of space where we are, are uncomfortable, so we pray against those things. We pray, God, be with us. We pray prayers like, God, keep us safe. Give us traveling mercies as we get from one place to the, place, to the next. As we go out to boat this weekend, Lord, let us have just a good time and let everybody be safe. We, we bless our footlong with the bag of chips and the cookie and the diet cola, knowing that all of it is junk food. And we ask God to bless that so that none of it winds up on our hips. A moment on the lips, forever on the hips. Like we... We pray safe prayers. I did this. I, I mean, I went on a missions trip. Uh, my very first one, I went with a church to Panama. And when I was there, I prayed a very safe prayer, a very weak prayer, a very comfort-based prayer. My prayer was, God, I don't want to poop out on the mission field. So Lord, let me poop before I leave the hotel. 
Now, understand that where we were headed, they didn't have running, running water for the toilet. You had to carry a bucket of water up a hill into a building that was unfinished. There was no door to the bathroom. It was just this see-through curtain that was hanging there. And I'd heard that there was a tarantula up there. And so you carry a bucket up there, you do your business, you dump it in the water, and there's no lock on any door. There is no door. And there might be a spider that might give you a little tickle while you're on the toilet. And you know what? I didn't want that. (laughs) I didn't want it. So I prayed, God, please, please let me poop before I leave the hotel. It's a safe prayer. You, you've got prayers that you prayed like that. Some of you are like, I don't know what kind of church I just tuned into, but that guy right there is real. And I'm telling you, I'm just being real with you. I've prayed safe prayers. You've prayed safe prayers. And a lot of us, that is what our prayer life looks like. But the thing is, is that all through the Bible, we see that people of faith didn't pray safe prayers. They prayed dangerous prayers. Prayers where they asked for and expected God to do the impossible in their situations. In fact, I think that to be a Christ follower today, we need to learn how to pray dangerous prayers because following Jesus was never meant to be safe. And that's what we're doing in this series. We're talking about dangerous prayers. And this whole series is based on, if you want a deeper dive, uh, Pastor Craig Rochelle's book called Dangerous Prayers. I'm just going to leave that sit right there for you. Uh, But that's what this series has been inspired by and taken from. And so last week we talked about with Pastor Tim Toole, he said, let's, uh, God, make me bold. And I think that's a powerful prayer. And if you prayed that this week, man, I hope that you had opportunities to have God embolden you to step into what he's called you to step into, to step into sharing your faith with somebody, to step into obedience. God, just make us bold. I, I'm just curious, how many of you this week took that message, applied it, and said, started praying, God, make me bold? Share in the comments. And if there was an opportunity, share that as well. We want to celebrate that. We would love to have you share that there. But, but, but God, make us bold. And I think that's a powerful prayer, specifically in this season that we're in, because your personal investment, you have a priority right now, especially in this environment where we're not meeting together on a Sunday morning, there is a priority on you investing in people, on you sharing your story of how Jesus changed your life on you inviting people to church. God, make us bold in this, in this environment, in this pandemic, not only to know you, but to invite others to know you as well. We've got to be bold. This week, we're going to look at a different dangerous prayer, and that prayer is a prayer that was prayed by a little boy in the Old Testament. And uh, you, we find this uh, prayer that he prayed in 1 Samuel chapter 13. And Samuel uh, was a boy whose mom had, was not able to have a child, and she prayed, God, if you give me a child, I'll dedicate him back to you. And so he did. God, God answered her. She was barren for many years, answered that prayer, and she had the child. And when she was able to wean him and he was old enough, she took him to the temple and gave him to the priest, Eli, and said, my son is dedicated to the work of the Lord. And, and though she would visit him and spend time with him, he lived and served Eli, the priest, the high priest, in the temple. That means Eli was in charge. He was the highest priest at that time. And so Samuel was coming along and he was helping him living in the temple. Now what you need to know in this time period is that Samuel is responsible for the way that, that everything goes there in the city the, the, through worship, but, but judgments and all that kind of stuff was brought to, the law was brought to the priests and they were, uh, they were in charge of keeping everything in order. But, but Eli had two sons. And his two sons were cheating people in judgments. They were taking bribes. They were out 
of control. They were sinful. And Eli, their father, who was the high priest, stood by and did nothing. He would not correct them. He hadn't led well and was sinning against God. And so one day, Samuel, he's laying in bed, and he hears this voice. And this voice calls out to him. He says, Samuel, Samuel. And Samuel thinks it's Eli. So he gets up, and he runs to, to Eli and says, yes, I'm here. And Eli says, I didn't, I didn't call you. And so, so Samuel goes back, and he, and he, and he lays down, and, 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 and God calls again. Samuel, Samuel. And he runs back and says, yes, you wanted me? And, and Eli goes again, no, I, I didn't want you. This happens three times. Eli finally realizes that the person that is calling Samuel is likely God. And so Samuel says to him, or Eli says to him, he says, listen, he says, if God calls out to you again, say, speak, Lord, your servant is listening. So Samuel goes back and lays down, and it happens a fourth time. And this is where we pick up 1 Samuel chapter 3, verse 10, and it says, and the Lord came and called as before and said, Samuel, Samuel. And Samuel replied, speak, your servant is listening. Samuel's response was a dangerous prayer, and it's our dangerous prayer of the week. God, speak to me. He prayed, God, speak to me. So dangerous prayer number two is God, speak to me. See, God spoke when Samuel asked him to do that. And Samuel, if you think about this, he heard the voice of God, which is really intense and amazing in and of itself. But there was a problem with that situation. The problem was not that he heard God's voice. It's what God had to say to him when he spoke to him. Because I, I don't know about you, let, let's just do like a, a little bit of Bible trivia here. If you're ready to play along, you can post in the comments or, or however you're watching this, maybe play along with some people around you. But, but how many times... In the Bible, when God spoke, did he give them something that was easy to hear or something that was easy to accomplish? And go. I'll wait. How many times did God do this? The answer is none. Never. Zero. Zilch. He never, ever, ever gave an assignment that was easy to hear or easy to accomplish it. It never, ever happened. Think about it. Think about Noah. God tells Noah to build an ark, which Noah had never seen. He tells him it's going to rain, which had never happened on the earth. At that time, the spring sprung up from the ground and fed all the plants, right? There had never been rain fall from the sky. And God says, build a boat big enough to hold two of every animal and even more of some other animals. Build a huge boat. It took, Mo uh, not Moses, it took Noah nearly 100 years to build this thing because he, not, he, he had to get the trees. He had to move them. I mean, they didn't have trucks in a construction company. He just had him and his three sons and his family because everybody else was mocking him and, 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 and shaming him and laughing at him. And Noah had this impossible thing. God said, I'm going to restart the whole human race. Noah, go build me a boat. <laughs> what about Jonah? Jonah was sent to the people of Nineveh. This is the most godless, violent city in the world. And God says, I want you to go to them. I want you to tell them to repent or die. Man, that's a terrible assignment. That's a frightening assignment. Or what about Mary? Mary, who's a teenager. She's never been married. She's never been with a man. She's a virgin. And God shows up and says, hey, listen, you're going to have a son. He's going to be the savior of the world. Hashtag blessed. Hashtag mother of God. Go ahead and start putting that out there on your Instagram. Like, 
No, no, that was not an easy thing. That was something she would have needed to hide. That was something her fiance, Joseph, was embarrassed about and ashamed of and almost did away with her, like put her away and said, I'm not going to be with her because this is, this is just too much. This is shameful. And had God not intervened, that's what would have happened. But if you consider each time we find in the Bible that God spoke, He gave a challenging assignment. And every time, every time, they had difficulty doing it. Listen, if you're here today and you're listening, if you have the courage to ask God to speak to you, what He says, His response to this dangerous prayer, God speak to me, maybe that He convicts you of some sin in your life, that, that you're doing something that is, that is contrary to His best for your life, you're missing the mark of what He desires for you, that's what sin is, and He may convict you and you may have to change your ways you may have to change some of your relationships you may have to change your phone number or your zip code you may need to move you may need to change jobs when god begins to do a work in you it calls for you to shift something he may challenge your heart he may try to stretch you what he speaks to you may scare you what he speaks to you and, and, and scare you like as in god i'm inadequate i'm insufficient i've never done that i don't know how to do that He may speak to you the absolute impossible and in whatever he speaks to you, it may make you uncomfortable. Samuel heard a voice. And the voice that God spoke to him didn't say to him, you know what, everything's going to be good, child. Don't you worry about it. I'm going to bless you. I'm going to bless everybody in your family. I'm going to give you bags of money. Man, it's going to rain for heaven. I'm going to provide for you all of your days. And you can tell everybody that everything is hunky-dory. It's all good. I'm God. And this is what I have to say. That's not, that's not God at all. He didn't, he didn't give him something easy to say. But what he told Samuel was, go tell Eli, I've seen your evil ways. I've seen your refusal to lead, and it's not okay. He didn't tell him, hey, you know what? Boys will be boys. It's not a big deal. The way you're doing things is fine. He went to him and had to rebuke Eli. He had to tell him, hey, God says this, and there's punishment coming. There's punishment for your boys. There's punishment for you because of your evil ways, because of your wickedness. And what he had to say That must have been difficult for him as a 12-year-old boy. It must have been shocking to go to your priest, the guy that you were serving under, the guy that that was the closest thing you had to a father figure on a day-to-day basis, and tell him, hey, you're sin, and you've led the people to sin. Because you haven't turned, judgment is coming. That's not pleasant. But Samuel trusted God, and he delivered that message. He prayed a dangerous prayer. Speak, Lord, your servant is listening. Now listen, you need to know this, that you should not pray this prayer if you don't want to hear what God has to say. Like if that's the situation you're in, don't pray this prayer. If you're not ready to be convicted, if you're not ready to be challenged, stretched, don't pray this prayer. It is a dangerous prayer. And one I feel like we ought to be praying on a regular basis. Now let me just pause for a moment and step back give you a bigger picture about what prayer is because prayer is not just about talking to God. I think too often, again, we think it's just telling God things. It's giving him our list. It's one-way communication, but that's not what prayer is. Prayer is a two-way conversation. Prayer is as much about talking to God as it is about listening to God. I remember years ago, I was at work and I took my lunch outside. I laid out a blanket and I I ate. I had an hour lunch break. I ate. 
But then I opened my Bible and I read God's word and then I just sat and I was just thinking about how good he was. And as I sat there, I felt him speak to my heart. He said, you know, Aaron, he said, I can do more with you, in you, through you, and for you if you'll learn to be still and listen like this. Prayer is pausing to listen as much as it is talking to him. My question to you is, if you knew God had something to say, would you be listening? Would you choose to choose that posture? In prayer, way more is accomplished by listening than by talking. Truth is, is God is always speaking, but we aren't always listening. So here's my question to you. Are you willing to listen? Are you currently listening? If you're going to pray, speak, Lord, you need to listen. Which, of course, brings us to another question that I'm going to, I'm going to answer, even though I, I, you're not saying anything. I know that this, it will lead to this question is, how do I hear God's voice? Aaron, if, if you're telling me to listen, how do I do that? How do I tune in to his voice? And I'm going to make this really easy for you. I'm going to give you three ways. Three ways that God will speak to you so that you'll know what to look for and how to hear him. But the first one this one's going to be the difficult one because we don't live in a culture and a world that supports this very well. The very first one is to simply be still. To be still. If you want to hear God's voice, if you're going to pray that dangerous prayer, God, speak to me, then you've got to be still. In Psalms 46, it tells us how to do this, how to experience God's presence how to experience him it doesn't say be frantic it doesn't say run around and be busy it doesn't say go on this epic quest and complete this thing and get the magical sword and then position yourself here before the sun rises or sun sets and the moon has to be here or that none of that he doesn't say you have to seek god on the go and be so rush 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 none of that what it says is simply be still and know that i am god now, the context of this verse, this is in the middle of a battle that is raging around David, and God speaks this into him, that it's not in the battlefield. You're, you're not going to know me there in the war. You're going to know me in the still moments. You're going to hear me. You're going to hear my voice. So you, would you be willing in, to do this? Would you be willing to make space, to shut up, to be silent, to quiet your mind, Turn off your phone. And I know that's probably the scariest thing I've said this entire talk so far, is to turn off your phone because I get it. FOMO is real, right? The fear of missing out is real. You're like, holy cow, if I turn off my phone, I'm not going to be the first person to like that post. I'm not going to be able to answer that text message in a reasonable amount of time. I'm going to miss a call. I might miss a tweet. I might miss some kind of notification. Dear God, I cannot turn off my phone. But you're going to have to turn off your phone. And you're going to have to just listen, to be still. Some of you are pushing back, like, Aaron, I don't know if I could do that. Yes, you can. When is the last time you sat for 30 minutes to an hour and watched, binged watched a show on Netflix? When's the last time that you sat for an hour and just did this, scrolled on social media, whether that's Instagram, Facebook, whatever, you just, you just did this one-finger workout right here? How, how, how long? Are you willing to do that? What about spending time in the gym? Or what about video games? Or what about just reading a book? See, you can commit yourself to being still. So you commit yourself to an activity, to a single-mindedness focus for any amount of time that you truly desire. So, so when's the last time you've done those things? And then when's the last time you set aside some time 
whether that's 10 minutes, 15 minutes, 30 minutes, an hour, of really enjoying God, quietly waiting to hear him speak. In order to hear God's voice, you're going to need to slow your pace. You're going to need to turn down the world's volume. Be still and know that I am the Lord God. You know, Jesus told us, he said, when you pray, he said, don't pray like the hypocrites. He said, don't go out in public and pray these long prayers and, and for people to hear, hear you. He said, get in your prayer closet. Get alone. Get quiet. You know, I, I have a literal closet at home that I prefer to go into. There's no, I don't turn on a light. I don't have anything in there. It's just close. And I sit on the ground and I pray and I talk to God and it's the most amazing time. It's the most incredible time of prayer because I'm easily able to hear him speak because it's on my phone. I don't have a notebook. I don't have a Bible. I have nothing. I can't even see anything. It's pitch black in there. Get in your prayer closet. Get alone and just listen. Be still and know that I am God. Speak to me, Lord. It's a dangerous prayer. Now you say, Aaron, am I going to hear God openly? Is he like going to speak audibly to me? Like, will his voice sound like Patrick Warburton or Morgan Freeman? Or is he going to talk to me in King James Version with these and thous and thuses? No. Right. You know, I, I couldn't tell you that that's going to happen to you because I've never heard an audible voice speak to me. You might, though, and that would be really awesome. But if it's not audible, how will I hear you say, I got you. The first way that God speaks, because he does speak to us, a couple ways. The first way is through his word. God will speak to you through his Bible. Through, the, through all of those 66 books, God is constantly showing himself, revealing himself to you. The Bible is alive, the, the word of God says. It is alive. It is sharper than any two-edged sword. It will deal with your heart and get all up in your business. It is relevant to you and to your circumstances. It's it can, will direct you, it will guide you, it will correct you. Man, like when I read it, I read the scriptures and, I, and it speaks to current situations that I'm in, it speaks to current attitudes that I have, circumstances that I'm facing, behaviors and sins in my life. In fact, Paul the Apostle, who wrote the most of the New Testament, that's the last 27 books of the Bible, he said this, that all scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting and training in righteousness righteousness just means right living it's god's way of doing things right he goes on to say so that the servant of god may be thoroughly equipped for every good work man i want that that's why we got to be in god's word because it will speak to us and it'll give us instructions so that we can live out the life that god has planned for us even jesus made this point when talking to religious leaders of the day they were trying to trip him up, and they brought him a current issue, which was an issue of divorce, which, by the way, is still an issue today. More than 50% of our marriages in, in divorce, inside and outside of the church walls, by the way. And they're trying to trip him up, and they're asking him, like, hey, you know, Moses gave permission on divorce. What do you think about that? And Jesus didn't even need to have an opinion because God's word gave him direction. He said this. Some Pharisees came to him to test him, and they asked him, is it lawful for a man to divorce his wife for any and every reason? And Jesus doesn't even give him his own opinion. He says, haven't you read? Like, hey, bro, let's just go to Scripture. Ha haven't you read? God speaks through his word. Second way God will speak to you is through people. He will speak to you through people. And this one's the one that's, that's, that's difficult sometimes because, man, God, for whatever reason, chooses to speak through my wife a whole lot. He will speak through a godly friend. He will speak through a pastor. Hi. He'll speak through a sermon. Hello. He's doing that right now. 
He will speak to you through people. In fact, Proverbs says this in, in chapter 12, verse 15. The way of fools seems right to them, but the wise listen to advice. They're, they're getting counsel from someone. And again, in chapter 19, it says this, listen to advice and accept discipline. And at the end, you will be counted among the wise. And I don't know about you, but I want to be counted among the wise. How about you? For me, I, I, I have experienced this on multiple occasions, especially in my grow group, which by the way, if you aren't in a grow group, you need to be in a grow group. They're coming up. They launch the, the, the first or second week in September, but we are gathering leaders right now, and we are, are looking for people to set up those groups. And as soon as they launch, man, you need to be in a group. But I get into my group, and I get vulnerable with people, and I, and I love it because when I open up, I find that people, they just, they just want to encourage me. They want to love me and support me. And oftentimes they will encourage me word for word what I said in one of my messages. Like, because I need to be encouraged too. Sometimes as much as I'm presenting this information to you, I need to be reminded of it because I don't have it all like in the forefront of my mind as much as I would like to. I don't have it all together, guys. I just don't. And you'll find other people in a grow group that don't have it all together. But somebody will remember. They'll encourage me. They'll say, they'll say something to me and I'll go, where did you hear that? They're like, well, we heard it from someone. And, uh, you know, but it, anyway, they're quoting me. And, 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 and that's always, always difficult to hear, but I'm thankful for it always. Or, or one time I, I was running for city council here back, I think, 2017. And, uh, and uh, one of, we were at a prayer meeting here at the church, and, and a, a, one of our congregation members came up during that time of prayer and said, listen, I feel like God's telling me to tell you that you're not going to win this election. You didn't get into it to win. You got into it to get connected to a specific people group, and you've done that, and he's pleased. And I just, I just burst into tears, and I cried. And that was the week before the election. She was right. I didn't win in, in the election, and that's okay because I did get connected to that people group that she, that she spoke about. God is good. He speaks to us through people. Another way that he speaks to us is through our circumstances. God will talk to you through your circumstances, man. He'll open a door and make it very clear. Doors that haven't been opened for you in years, the timing happens and it opens. And you're like, God, I'm confused about the timing, but I definitely feel your favor. I'm going to walk through it. Or we pray, God, if this is for me, keep the door open. If it's not, close the door so that I can't walk through it. And I'll, I'll go wherever you send me to go. But he'll open doors. He'll close doors. I mean, there's plenty of times that I thought that a door that was open was for me and I tried to walk through it and God closed it. And sometimes it got really close to my face whenever it slammed shut, but it closed all the same. Many of you, you've experienced this in your relationships. There's, there's some of you out there sharing the comments if this ever happened to you. There was somebody you had your eyes on in high school. You've seen them today now on social media and you're like, dear Lord, thank you so much that I did not marry that person and pursue them. Come on, somebody, let's be real. Like God will speak through your circumstances. There was a time a few years back, I was going doing initial treatments for my back. And one of the treatments was to lay on this bed and get these, these long needles injected directly into my spine. And while they're doing it, they're x-raying me. And it's this intense procedure. My palms were always sweaty walking in there, but my doctor and his team were incredible. Like I love this man. And I walk in one day and I'm wearing this hat. It says YHWH, which are the, the Hebrew letters or the Hebrew name, Yahweh, the name that God gave himself in the Old Testament. And it says Yahweh on my hat. And I walk in and I'm going in to get treatment for my back. This is not a great situation. But my doctor says that right there, that on your hat. What is that? He said, tell me about that. He said, I was up until one or two in the morning, just before he did my procedure at 7 a.m., by the way. 
He says, I was up till one or two in the morning. He said, I was studying those four letters last night. Tell me what that means to you. And I was able to share my faith. I was able to share my God. Like God will use your circumstances to give you opportunities to speak into other people's lives and to speak to you. He speaks through circumstances. He speaks through his spirit too. God will speak through his spirit. That means that there'll be this, if you're new to faith, you need to understand that God's spirit has filled you. The second you say, Jesus, I'm putting my faith and my hope in you, God's spirit fills you and dwells on the inside of you. And that's why you can't explain it, but you feel prompted, like you feel moved or led to do certain things. It might sound like and come out of your mouth like, I think I'm supposed to give my time here and do this, or or I'm not supposed to take that job. And I just have this feeling and I can't understand it. It's more than a gut feeling. It's like this inner knowingness. And that's the spirit of God that is, just speaking, that is speaking to you. And let me tell you, if you want to identify it, I'm telling you, God's word or God, God's spirit will never contradict God's word. He, so, so if you read it in God's word and God's spirit is telling you to do it, do it. Because like, listen, <laughs> the devil's never going to tell you to encourage someone. The devil's never going to tell you to give and be generous. The devil's never going to tell you to reach out and express love and care for someone. That is never going to be the devil or your flesh. That is definitely the spirit of God, and you need to follow it. He, will, he is speaking to you. You may see, say things like, I'm not sure why, but I think I'm supposed to give you a call. That happened to me one time, and God put this guy's, guy on my heart, and I was like, I don't usually call him. We're not friends like that, but I do have his number. So I picked up the phone and I called him and I said, man, I don't know why I'm calling you, but God put you on my heart so heavy that I felt like I needed to reach out. How are you doing? He said, Aaron, I got to be honest with you. He said, I'm sitting right now. I poured a drink. I've got it in my hands. And he, he had this long length of time of sobriety that he had banked. And he was sitting there holding a drink and he had been tempted to drink for the first time. He said, it's no wonder God put you on my heart. Uh, God put me on your heart. And we prayed together, and I was so thankful that I picked up the phone and responded to that. I don't know why, but I'm supposed to call. Romans 8 says this, that the Holy Spirit speaks to us deep in our hearts and tells us that we are God's children. The Holy Spirit speaks to us deep in our hearts. It's this inner knowing that speaks to us, and you'll hear his voice. You'll hear it. You won't know why, you just know something. And you can experience that too if you're willing to be still. Here's one thing I would challenge you to do this week, something that, that a takeaway I want you to do. In your being still, ask God if that maybe at the beginning of your prayer, the end of your prayer time, whatever. Just be still and say, God, who is it you want me to pray for right now? And I promise you, a name will pop into your mind. Just pray for that person. God, protect them. God, draw them closer to you. God, bless them. God, God, help them know you better. God, help me love them better. Like, like, and just keep, do, keep doing it until there's no more names. Like, you want to have a time in prayer? Man, just respond to who the Spirit puts on your heart. And then reach out, check on them. Hey, God had me praying for you today. Is there anything specific I can pray for you about? And you'll watch as God will lead you in that time of prayer to pray for something specific that they were going through and you didn't even know about it and they'll confirm it. But dude, those are amazing times amazing spiritual moments for you but god who do you want me to pray for and just listen and then pray for him listen the more that you listen the more you'll recognize his voice so be still say speak lord i'm listening so the first way to hear god's voice is to be still the second way is to be willing 
Be willing. You know, often our prayers are long, babbling prayers. Like we talk to God and say, God, I want you to do this, and I want you to keep me safe, and I want you to heal my headache, and I want you to save my sibling because they've been causing lots of turmoil in our family lately. Like, God, I need you to do this. I want you to handle all my issues. But what if, instead of coming to God, we say, God, what's your will for me? God, what do you want? Instead of having a wish list, just have a blank page. We're not asking Him to do anything. We're just asking Him to speak. We're asking Him to, to, to speak into our lives. You know that prayer I prayed in Panama where I didn't want to poop out on the mission field because it was scary to me. It was gross. It was like, God, I don't want to do that. I, I was still in that moment because I practiced the stillness. And God said to me, spoke to my heart. He said, what if I need you to do that? What if I need you to poop out there? And I was like, Lord, why would you need me to do that? He said, what if I needed you to experience their way of life? What if I needed you to do that so that you knew how to pray for them better? So that you knew how to love them better? What if I needed you to experience that? And I said, Lord, I'm willing. I'm willing. What would happen if we said, Lord, show me my sins? And we listened. I'll tell you what would happen. You lean into God. You'd grow in your relationship with Him because you'd do away with some of those sins that He'd speak to you. You'd not only seek forgiveness, but you'd repent, which is a systematic restructuring of your life so that you can follow God better. You'd say, God, show me my motives. Like, I'm doing a good thing, but are my motives right on this? And listen, why you're doing something matters. You say, God, can you help me love my husband who is far from you? And, and then you listen. Man, there may be ways that God will put in, in your heart and in your mind, give you creative ways to love your spouse that is far from God, things you never would have even thought of. Or God, how do I use my gifts? And listen, and he may speak to you and show you a way that you've never thought of or never known of to build his church and build the kingdom. Or God, how do I lead my kids to love and serve you? Listen, that, that the way you're leading yourself might matter and God might speak to you about that and and, and, and show you how to love them better. Or, or God, who do you want me to encourage? And listen. So Proverbs 3 says this, seek his will in all you do. And he will show you which path to take. If you're willing to say, God, what is it you have for me? What, what is it you want? Like I've got this long list of stuff I want from, from you that I desire and need you to work in my life and work out for me and open these doors and close those doors. But God, what, what, do, you, what do you have for me? Seek his will. Instead of seeking something from him, seek his will. Be willing. Now listen, here's the warning sticker on this. That, that if you are somebody who's coming to God and is willing, and you've asked him and he tells you to do something, but you haven't obeyed the last thing he asked you to do, you might kind of have this sense of, God, you're not speaking. Why aren't you saying something? Why, why do I feel like your presence is far from me? And the reason is, is because you haven't done the last thing that he asked you to do. You need to be willing to do whatever he asks you to do. He's not going to give you something else to do until you complete the last thing. So do that. Man, I, I remember praying, God, I need you to show me who to love. And I was driving behind a Kmart one time, and I, I saw this guy. He was dumpster diving, and the Holy Spirit said, go talk to him. And I was like, nah, 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 we're behind a Kmart. Nope. <laughs> There's no cameras back here. There's nobody looking. I'm not doing that. Just drove on. And the Holy Spirit said, this is what you've been asking me for. This is what you said you're willing to do. I was like, all right. So I, I turned back around, and I went over, and I met him, and his name was Bob, and we talked, and I said, Bob, I'm going to go over to this Taco Bell. Can I buy you lunch? And he said, yep. I bought him lunch, came back, and Bob was still there, and I provided him lunch, and I 
listened to his story and I prayed with him. I never saw him again. But, but I was willing to be obedient in that moment. Willing to go and pray. Because I wanted to be obedient to the Holy Spirit and what he asked me to do. We have to be willing to do what God tells us to do. When you pray a dangerous prayer like, speak, Lord, I'm listening, you've got to be still so we can hear him. And you need to be willing. And finally, you need to be ready. I'm ready. I'm ready. I'm ready. We need to be ready, man. When God speaks, it might not be what we want to hear. Think about Samuel telling Eli, having to rebuke him and reveal his sin and Talk about the consequences of his sin. That was not a popular thing. But God trusted this little boy to share a hard message. And when you pray this dangerous prayer, God's going to speak to you and he's going to trust you to do it. So be ready. God doesn't give easy assignments and you are no exception. He will lead you on a regular basis to step into discomfort. So be ready. Be ready when he speaks to you to lead a grow group. Be ready when he speaks to you because you're, I know you're scared to, to lead a grow group because you're like, I don't have all the answers. I've never prayed out loud before. I've never done anything like this. I don't consider myself a leader. You've got all these excuses, but if God is leading you to do it, do it. There'll be a link later on here that we talk about our grow groups. Just click on it. Say, I want to lead a group. Let's do it. God may be leading you to grow in your generosity and you're like, I don't know. I'm going to have to rearrange my life. I'm going to have to make some sacrifices, adjust my budget here in order to be able to do those things. Be ready. God may be leading you to do that. God may be showing you sinfulness. You not, might need to cut out some relationships. You might need to stop or start certain activities. You might, God might be calling you to move to a different state, to plant a church, to join a new work that he's got for you, to start a new business. He, he's got something for you. It might be, might be, hey, I want you to go back to school and get your master's degree. Or how about changing careers and the, the fear that comes along with that? Or invite your boss to church or maybe to post about your faith on social media or break up with that person that you're dating because they're not a godly person and they're not leading you in godly ways. Or maybe it's even to forgive that person that hurt you. Listen, every time God spoke, every person felt either unprepared, unequipped, or unqualified. And I'm going to tell you something. God doesn't call the equipped, He doesn't call the qualified, and He doesn't call the prepared. He equips, qualifies, and prepares those who are called. So when he speaks to you, when you're ready to say yes, just say yes. Say yes to what he's calling you to do. He'll equip you, he'll prepare you, and he'll qualify you. It's a good chance that whatever he's calling you to do, what he's going to say to you is going to be intimidating, that it's going to be scary, it'll feel impossible, and it's definitely going to require faith. Speak, Lord. Man, that's a dangerous prayer. Don't pray it if you don't want to hear what God has to say. The only thing more dangerous than praying this prayer is not praying this prayer. Because if you choose to not pray this kind of prayer, you miss out on all that God wants to do in you, through you, and for you. There are people that He has for you to reach. And when you avoid praying this prayer, you miss out. You miss out. But if you do pray this prayer, God's going to convict you. He's going to stretch you. He's going to take you into the arena of the impossible. So pray this prayer. It's a dangerous prayer. Speak, Lord. Your servant is listening. Let's pray. Father, I pray for all those that would identify right now that they are going to pray this prayer to speak. <laughs> I pray, God, that, that right now there are people who are praying. And if you're serious, type it into the chat box right now. Just say, say speak, Lord. Just speak, Lord. 
and, and watch as he begins to move in your life. I pray for all those that are willing to do that, all those that are being serious about it. Lord, I pray that you would ask, or that you would open their ears, Lord, so that they can hear your voice. I pray, God, that you would teach them to quiet their hearts and their minds so that they can hear your voice to be still. And in their stillness, Lord, would they be willing to hear what you have to say, Lord, your agenda, not theirs. And I pray, God, that their hearts would be ready, that they would be ready to respond with a yes, not with excuses, not with I can't, not with I'm not prepared and I don't know how, but the yes in every direction, in every way that you would lead them, Lord, to speak to them where your servant is listening. Now, right now I'm looking at this camera and I'm going to tell you there's some of you that are here, you're far from God. And for whatever reason right now, you can't explain it. You've been locked into this broadcast. Maybe you've caught the whole thing or maybe just these last five minutes, but you feel like there's this drawing, this, this pull in a way that you can't understand. It's something in your heart. It, maybe it's just a gentle whisper that feels like the warmth of a hug, but you have a sense that God is calling you to himself right now. And I'm going to tell you something. That's the Holy Spirit doing that. That's part of his job is to draw us into relationship with God. See, God desires that more than anything. He desires you to know him in the way that he knows you. And that's intimately as a family member, as a father to a child. And not in the way that we have a relationship with our earthly father or our earthly parent. No, no, it's, it's a perfect relationship. The problem with all of that is that God is holy and we are not. We're sinful. There's this gap between us. We can't fellowship with him until we pay the price for our sinfulness. And we can never do that. We'd spend all of our lives and even eternity trying to pay for our sinfulness. That's why God sent his son, Jesus. Jesus died on a cross, gave himself, lived a perfect and sinless life here on this earth, died on this cross, was murdered brutally because of, of his message of love, God's love that he was preaching. The religious leaders of the day weren't having it. They murdered him. Jesus rose from the dead on the third day. The Spirit of God raised him from the dead. And he did all that so that with his life, with his death, with his resurrection, he could pay the price for our sins. One perfect life in exchange for all of our lives. So the way that we, we are restored into relationship with our Heavenly Father is through what Jesus did on the, Christ, on, on the cross. We just have to accept that gift. It's a free gift. We can't buy it. We can't earn it. There's nothing we need to do. We just have to accept it. And the way for you and I to accept it is to say, Lord, I'm placing my faith in you. I'm going to trust you with all of my life. I'm going to live my life the way that you've outlined and designed for me to do it. So if you're ready to do that, I'm ready to take you on that journey. Pray this prayer with me right now. In fact, there's in the chat box, if you're in our online campus right now, there's a button that says, I'm raising my hand. I'm saying yes to Jesus. Click that button right now. Do it. Be bold. Be bold and click it. Don't wait till tomorrow. Respond today. God's not mad at you. You don't need to get anything in order. You don't need to have your life all together. Just respond today. Then pray these words. Say, Jesus, I need you. I want to be your friend. I need you to be my Lord. Show me how to live for you. Forgive me of my sins. Make me brand new. Restore me into relationship with my Heavenly Father today. Fill me with your spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. If you prayed that prayer, all of heaven is having a party right now and celebrating for you. We want to congratulate you. In fact, if you click that button that said, I'm raising my hand, I'm saying yes to Jesus today, a connect card popped up on the screen. And if it didn't, there are links here that are available in our online campus for you to click that says connect. And if you would fill that out, we would love to 
to have an opportunity to connect with you, to help you on your next steps in your spiritual journey. We'd love to get you a Bible. We'd love to get you baptized. We'd love to take you on your next steps. You're not meant to do this alone. You need to be connected to a church. So let us help you do that, whether you're in our area or not. We'd love to get you connected to a church. Amen, everybody. So make sure that you do that now. A couple things we want to do as we are wrapping up. First, we want to thank you so much for your generosity. There are ways popping up on the screen right now for you to continue in your faithfulness to give of your tithes and your offerings. And thank you so much. You can use our app, our website, mail it in. A lot of ways and that'll stay up here on the screen for just a moment. But thank you so much for your faithfulness in the middle of uncertain times. We just love what God is doing here in our church and the opportunities he is opening up to us through your generosity. So thank you so much. A couple things you need to know. First, we launched a brand new initiative called In This Together. And you'll find this on our website, right on our main page, that in this time, we, we understand, man, there is a whole lot of people that identify, I need help in some way, shape, or form, whether that's you need help with groceries, you need help with your mental health or your relationships, or man, you're just not walking through this pandemic well, like you've just felt down. You felt like you just needed somebody to talk to. We're, we're here for you. Maybe you need need meals for your children and, and you need an opportunity to stop by and pick up meals on a daily basis. We have a feeding program that, that feeds kids from every day, Monday through Friday from 5.30 to 6 p.m. We will give each of your children two meals and they're all pre-prepared and, and so none of it is being prepared by our hands. It's all pre-packaged. It's, it's completely sanitary and safe and we would love to get you meals for your kids if you need them. But, but, but there are lots of ways for you to connect in this season as we continue to add more opportunities for you to receive the help that you need and also for you to be uh, on one of the teams that are serving. So if you'll visit our website, you'll you'll find the In This Together initiative and uh, you can choose to, hey, reach out and say, I need some help. Or maybe you, you're somebody that said, I'd like to help or I'd like to give to the efforts that are available. I would love for you to check that out. Like I said, right now we're in the middle of doing a daily feeding program and you can sign up to, to serve on that team. We need four or five people every single day, Monday through Friday from 5.30 to 6.00 to serve in our community and serve meals to kids. And uh, so we'd love to have you be part of that. Also, I already mentioned it, we're in our 21 days of prayer and I would love to have you join us Monday through Friday at 8 a.m. We even have a Devo that goes up on Saturday mornings that you get to do on your own at 8 a.m. But please, please, please make joining us during this 21 days of prayer a priority, man. It'll restart your prayer life. It'll, it'll strengthen your relationship with God and help you maintain the proper pace for the rest of this year. Also, this week is Third Thursday, which we do uh, leadership lessons for life. So that is Thursday night at 6.30 right here in our online campus. I'll be here for the first time. I'll be here live and you'll be able to interact with me and talk with me as we do this leadership lesson. So I'm super excited about that and would love for you to join us. Again, that's this Thursday. It's Third Thursday every month. Uh, leadership lessons. Every single one of you is a leader because every single one of you has influence. And I would love for you to join me. I have a powerful uh, lesson for you this week. So come and invest in your personal leadership, 6.30 this Thursday night right here on our online campus. And also, I mentioned it in the message as well, but grow groups are launching uh, in September and we need you to sign up to lead a group. So if the Lord is speaking to you, there's buttons popping up in the chat box right now or just links to our website. Uh, you can click on those and please, please, please lead a group for us or even lead a watch party right now. And uh, so anyway, love you guys. I'm so thankful. That's all I've got for you this week. Tune in next week as we continue our series called Dangerous Prayers and join us every morning at 8 a.m. for 21 Days of Prayer. God bless you guys.